Amazing. One out of 99. One out of 100. In Italy that don't know Jesus. And I don't know about you, but there's a big difference between going to church and being a Christian. And I know a lot of us may, maybe I grew up in church, but we didn't have a relationship with Christ. And so uh, that's an amazing statistic, and we appreciate you guys being over there and glad to support you. And we'll give towards, we'll give at the end of service and hopefully help you guys get back to Italy. So at least maybe more than one of you can go back. That would be, that would be awesome. If you got your Bibles this morning, lift them up. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, I guess I'm the feel-good pastor. I love joy and hope and love and all that stuff. But I also know that there's a lot of hard stuff we have to deal with in life. And there are challenges that come our way. There are things that happen to us. Sometimes we happen to things. And there are these issues that we have to deal with. And, and this issue of death lately that's just been in the faces of so many of us, even some that are here today, we have to have an answer to that. And so, like I told you earlier, as I was praying the other day, I said, Lord, how do we approach this? What do you, what do you want to say to us today? And I, when I felt the Holy Spirit say, go look at Lazarus and how Jesus dealt with it, I was like, okay. So I went in and read, and it's a really an amazing, amazing story of Jesus and his encounter with death. Now, we're going to read a lot today. I'm going to read a lot more scripture than normal, but I want you guys to stay up with me. So, uh, Miss Becky, you have the notes on the screen. You've got your Bibles and also your handouts. So let's jump right into this. John chapter 11. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. And he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This uh, Mary, whose brother is Lazarus, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So Jesus had a a very good, strong relationship with these people. So the sisters sent word to Jesus and said this, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now that's important. Jesus knew these people. He had an intimate relationship with them. It was beyond just a friendship. It was, Lord, hey, the the one you love is sick. And so Jesus had received this message. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now notice this. This is interesting that John would put this in here, verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So it tells us that Jesus loved them. It wasn't just he liked them. He loved these people. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Well, wait a minute. We just heard that Jesus loved these people. Why is he staying two more days where he is? And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Now, something interesting had happened in Judea. Not long before this story, Jesus had been in Judea. Okay? This was a serious situation. And so, Jesus... Jesus says, hey, guys, we're going to go back to Judea. I want to just give you a little context, kind of help you understand this next statement. So this is what the guys said. But Rabbi, Jesus, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back. Now, let me ask you a question. They were following Jesus. So Jesus, they were trying to kill Jesus. Who else was maybe going to get killed? 
Come on, somebody. Jesus, we're really worried about you going back over there. Because some of those people can't throw rocks very well. And I'm a little concerned that I might get hit. You see what's going on here, right? So, now yeah, obviously they were concerned about Jesus, but they didn't want to die either, okay? Let's just get real about that. So Jesus answered and said, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. And after he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Well, the disciples are like you and I. So what do they say? Well, hey, Jesus, if he sleeps and he's sick, he's going to get better. His mom probably gave him some chicken soup, told him to go to sleep. Everything's going to be fine, right? Because that's what you do when you're sick. So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Now, let me explain something to you. I want you to remember, this is important. Jesus did not show up to Bethany and find out that Lazarus was dead. He knew that Lazarus was already dead. That's important. Okay, remember that. Now, the disciples, I just told you how excited they were to go back to Judea. Uh, Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas, which really isn't fair, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, now I'm going to use my best Eeyore voice. Anybody know who Eeyore is from Winnie the Pooh? Da-da-da-da. You know, I'm going to be Eeyore right here. Okay, you ready for this? Let me, let me get here. So then Thomas, also known as Didymus, a.k.a. Eeyore, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Thank you, guys. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. So, so they're really jazzed about this trip. So here they go. They go for a walk. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. He's been buried for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Now, listen to this. This is important. Verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You ever been that way, felt that way? Jesus, if you'd showed up, this wouldn't have happened. Where were you, God? Where were you? I mean, we sent you a note. You had plenty of time to get here. You knew what I was going through. Where are you, Jesus? I'm in this spot because you weren't here. I trusted you. Jesus, where were you? Hmm. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But notice this faith. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. That's important. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will die. Do 
will never die. Do you believe this? Verse 27, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary. The the teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, notice how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, so the crowd follows her. They supposed she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Second time we hear that. These people are heartbroken. Jesus, if you'd just been here. Guys, this is just a side note, but I want you to hear this. Do you understand how awesome it is that God lets us see the hearts of people as they really are? This is brutal, in-your-face brokenness. There's no mask. There's no pretty words. It's heartache, raw heartache. And notice, they're not just coming to anybody. They're talking to God. Where were you, God, when I needed you? Where were you? When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Verse 35, you can circle it in your notes or highlight it in your Bible. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not, listen to this, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man kept this man from dying? Now the crowd's getting into it. Jesus, you could have done something. Everybody knows Jesus could have done something. Everybody knows that. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb, and it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, Jesus said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there four days. I like the King James Version right here. It says, Lord, but he stinketh. How many of you have teenage boys? Come on now. He stinketh sometimeth, right? I'm sorry, I can't help myself. But notice this. This is what Jesus said. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Death. The big baddie. The end. People fear death and its finality, its separation, and its pain. As I mentioned earlier, we have dealt with in the last few days, few weeks, death of people that have been impacted deeply in our church family and in our community. So how did Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, God with us, how did he handle death? 
Well, here's three things that I want to just say to you quickly and get to this because I think this is important, okay? This is so, so important. First thing that you need to understand, look at your notes, it's on the screen, is we were not created to die. If you want to write in the side there, death's not okay. See, remember back in Genesis, which we've just read just a couple of months ago, that uh, Adam and Eve were created in the garden and they weren't supposed to die. If you remember what happened, God told them, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of good and evil because if you do, as soon as you eat it, you will surely die. So sin entered into the world, which is your second blank. Sin brings death. So we were not created to die. One of the reasons that death is not okay for us is that it's not supposed to be that way. We were not created to die. God created us to live. But because sin entered into the world through rebellion and disobedience, death came with it. Because on the day you eat that fruit, you will surely die. Sin brings death. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin, the outcome of sin, is death. But here's number three. Jesus is the solution. If death is the problem because of sin, then Jesus is the solution. And I put in parentheses next to this, the cure or the antidote for death. Let me read this scripture to you. 2 Timothy 1, 9 through 10 says this, He, God, has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything that we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus. Notice this, who has destroyed what? Death, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Here's what happened. We sinned. Jesus came, paid the price for our sin. He not only restored us back into right relationship with God, he also destroyed death. So not only can we live here, but we can live in eternity in heaven, the way God created us in the first place. It's a reset. Jesus gave us a reset, and he destroyed death. Now here's the reality. As long as we are still here, Until he comes back and starts things anew, and I'll read that here in a second, we're still having to live with death. But can I tell you something, guys? Death is not the end. Death is not the end. Isaiah 25 verse 8 says this, He, God, will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. Look at Hebrews 2.14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he, Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, and that is the devil. Jesus is the cure for death. When he hung on that cross and died, he paid for our sins. But remember, he died. Within three days later, he rose again. And there's a song that we sing in our churches, that old hymn. It says, because he lives, I can live too. 
I can face tomorrow because he lives, I live. But there's a question that I could not answer for myself and I felt like I needed to. And I I searched and I couldn't find anybody that had talked about this. And so I'm going to share with you my thoughts about a big question that I have. So look on your notes or it's on the screen. screen. It's on the screen, everyone. Look on the screen, you wascoey wabbits. (laughs) Bless my heart. Somebody go ahead and say that. Bless his heart, right? Here's the big question. I'm trying to help you, Lauren, and I'm talking like Elmer Fudd. (laughs) Here's my question. If Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, why did he weep? He knew that Lazarus was dead before he even got there. Judd, why? Why would Jesus weep? Because here's the thing. How many of you are from the South? Can I see your hands? Here's what we would have done. Hey, hey, Lazarus is dead, but I put up some banners for you guys because I'm coming, and we're about to have a resurrection party right up in here. That's what I would have done. I know you guys are crying, but hey, it's about, we're about to have a party because it's about to be good. That's what I would have done. Why are you guys crying? I'm here. And now that I'm here, it's going to be okay. See, that's what I would have done. But not Jesus. What does he do? He looks around and he sees the heartache of these people that he loves. And he sees the heartache of all these people that are around him and how death has impacted their life. And he wept. Knowing he'd already told them. Earlier he said, I'm going there to show the power of God. I'm going there so that you guys will know I'm the Christ. I'm going there to raise this guy from the dead. Here's what I believe, and I think this is absolutely correct. I believe this was a moment where Jesus' mission came into complete focus for him. I believe in this moment, Jesus' complete mission came into focus. Because he came not only to restore us into right relationship with God, he came to destroy death. And he saw what death did to people. And he wept. It's the only, Brandon, it's the only solution that I can think of that makes sense. Because he was moved with compassion for me and you. Charles, he was. His heart was broken because of what death and sin does. God's not okay with it. He's not okay with it. And so he sends Jesus to take our place, not only to give us life here, but to give us life forever. Because Jesus said, he talked to Mary, he was saying, look, she goes, I believe that we're going to live. I believe all that. But it took Jesus paying that price so that we could. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 26. The end will come when, the, when he, God, hands over the kingdom 
of God, Jesus hands over the kingdom of God to the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies underneath his feet. Look at verse 26. And the last enemy to be destroyed is what? Death. The last enemy, the big baddie, the last one is death. Jesus is the cure. Revelation 21 verse 4, I like this one. Jesus, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So how do we handle death while we're here? How do we handle the loss of our loved ones to see our friends hurting? Trish and I both are wrung out, emotionally wrung out. Because of the pain, I've had to find myself, and I'm not trying to be a whiner here. I just need you to understand. To see people go through pain is hard. When I went up to Rod last week at that funeral of their grandson, I had no words. I just held him. Or he held me. No words. But when I see this, I have hope. And listen to this. I'm going to do exactly what Paul said to do in situations like this. This is what the Apostle Paul said. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Now listen to these words. Listen to this. He said, I don't want you to... He, said, he didn't say, I don't want you to grieve. Grief is normal. Jesus wept. I think that gives us permission to cry. Do you agree? So Jesus wept at a funeral. Jesus wept at the loss of people in pain. That gives us permission to do that. And so I want you to understand today, some of you may have been told inappropriately, it is okay to grieve. It's natural. Joey, it's natural. But here's what he said. I, don't, I want you to grieve, but I don't want you to grieve like the world who doesn't have any hope. Because we have hope. And here's the hope. This is the truth. The truth is this. This is not the end. For Christ followers, guys, we're going to see each other again. And the Bible tells us there's going to be no more tears and no more heartache and no more sickness and no more brokenness. And the Cowboys win the Super Bowl every year. It's going to be awesome. Yes, I heard that woohoo, my people. But here's the truth. There's no more sorrow. Those, and we're going to be together again. The Bible says in heaven we will know and be known. And we will see them again. And here's the reality. When those that are Christ followers die and they are gone and they are separated from us, they are no longer in time. They are outside of time. Why is it hard for us? Because we're separated from them. But they're outside of time. They're going to turn around and you're going to be there. Because there's no time. Those loved ones that have gone before us. The siblings you've lost, the aunts, uncles, grandparents, friends, they're going to be there. And they're going to turn around and you're going to be there. And you're going to turn around and everybody else is going to be there. And that's how it's going to be. 
And it's not going to be a sad thing. It's going to be a joyful thing. It's going to be good. You know what we call this theologically? The blessed hope. Because it's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. So here's what I want you to do. Grieve. Feel loss and separation. But, but I want you to hear this, okay? Please, this is the, if you don't hear anything else, hear this part. You'll hear this, okay? Listen. There's a difference when we say to someone goodbye and we say, I'll see you later. And for Christ followers, we don't say goodbye. We say, I'll see you later. So let's practice that. I'll see you later. That's what it is. I'll see you again. I'm going to see my grandparents. I'm going to see those people that I love that have gone before. Those people, we're going to see them again. I'll see you later. And this is one of the reasons, too, why, guys, it's so important that we share the gospel. This is part of the gospel. It's the good news that you can be forgiven here and you can live a life overflowing. And I know I spend 99% of my time preaching to you guys about here because I think we got to get this right and we got to reach other people. But the gospel is the good news, not just for here, but also for there. Because the end result of that for every one of us is that because we've received him as Savior, we're going to have a life here worth living, but we're also going to be, to go, be able to go there and no more sin, sickness, no more mourning. It's actually home. It's actually how it's supposed to be. That's how it is. And that is absolutely the truth. So for those of you that have been grieving, don't grieve like the rest of mankind who has no hope. Grieve. Grieve, Michelle, grieve. But you're going to see them again. We're going to be together with them again. Amen? Can I tell you something? I want to close. Really like you guys. I do. I want us to all be able to be in heaven when we're done here and we've run our race. And Jesus says, Good job. And we get to go in and enjoy life the way God created it to be. The perfection of that. I want you to be there. Because this is the real thing. It's not about a religion. It's about the truth of what Jesus has come for. And we need to live in the reality of that truth. Come on up, Wes. We need to live in the reality of that. I'm going to pray in a second. Because this is just too important. If you're not sure about your relationship with Christ, we need to make that secure today. We need to make that secure today. You don't need to have any questions about whether you're going to, if you were to die today, where you would be. We need to get that right. So let's all bow our heads for a moment. We've already been in God's presence for a while around people that love you. And so I want to say to you, ask yourself that question, do I know that he is my Savior? 
Have I received his forgiveness? Is he Lord of my life? So I want to tell you something, friends. He wants you to have an amazing life here, but he wants you to have an amazing life there too. Jesus said, I go, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And it's a good place. This is not our home. We're just here for a while. So if that question is in your mind, I'm not sure, Pastor, if I'm saved. I'm not sure, but I want to be. If that's you today, you're not sure of your salvation, but you want to make sure today, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure, but I want to be sure. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Everybody put your hands over your heart just for a second. Let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. I know in this world we're going to have challenges, that we're going to face death. But Lord Jesus, I ask you today to be with me, to give me peace. Never leave me. I give you my everything. Please make my heart your home. Amen. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to give. Before I do that, Brianna, you stand up real quick. Come on, turn around, wave at everybody. That is your new drum major at the high school, guys. I'm just so proud of our kids. Aren't y'all? Don't we have the best going on mission trips and ordering people around? (laughs) Kennedy got her new Star Wars hand. You guys see that? Isn't that cool? She'll have that here before too long, let you guys see that. God is good to us. He's good to us. Well, I want to give you guys an opportunity to give to the Dentons. If you don't mind me asking, how much money are y'all trying to raise? That's okay. I'm a pastor. You have to tell me. Sure. $40,000. Okay. So we need, to, we need to pray that in and then we need to give today. Here's what I want you guys to do. Just do your best today. Donald, if you and some of the guys will come down and pray about what you give. Guys, if you want to write a check, you can give on the PayPal app thingy. If you write a check, just put in the line uh, for missions so we'll know. Let's pray over this. We're going to pray that God's going to help with this need today. Father, I just pray that you would bless this offering. And Lord, you would meet the needs of the Dentons as they are serving in a part of the world that needs you. And so, Lord, I pray that as we give today that you would bless this offering and multiply it. And that, Father, this would be a seed into their life that would grow and that people's lives would be changed because of our faithfulness in giving. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. If you guys will go ahead and give. All right, so in closing today, no adult service Wednesday night. If you're helping volunteer with VBS, make sure that you're here. 
and uh, we're believing. And be praying. Do me a favor. Pray this week. When you think about VBS this week, pray. There'll be 78 kids out there. We need to be praying for them, that God moves in their hearts. And I want to say this to some of you guys um, that are still struggling with grief. Um, Trish and I are going to stay up here after the service for a minute. And if you want to pray, I want to invite you to come up, and Trish and I will pray with you. Know that we have been praying for some of you guys that are going through some things. But uh, we're going to be up here and just take a couple of minutes to pray for y'all. And um, just let the Lord comfort you. You know, one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit, one of his names is Comforter. Carol, when you think of Comforter, what do you think of? Big old blanket wraps around you. Don't you love that? How many of you have a comforter on your bed? How many of you are allowed to use it? Come on, let's be honest. You know, that's a comforter, but nobody, yeah, Aaron's going, no, you do not touch the comforter. (laughs) It's kind of like guest towels. Y'all don't get the guest towels. The guests get the guest towels. But you know that big old thick comforter, when it's cold, you wrap that thing around you. It's, maybe it's silly, but for me, when I think of the Holy Spirit, I think of him that way. And he's the comforter. So for those of you that are going through some stuff, let him be your comforter. Let him comfort you. Amen. Let's all stand. I'm going to bless you guys and release you to the sunshine. Hallelujah. Right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Somebody got a witness all up in here. That was awesome. All right, grab your neighbor's hand this morning. Father, thank you so much for loving us. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the blessed hope that we have. Lord, as we leave this place today, I pray that you would be with us, that you would walk with us, that, Lord, we would go home and love our families, that we would love our friends, that, Jesus, your spirit would just flow through us and and reach those around us. Change our community, Lord, and change it because we love our families and love each other. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, God bless you guys. Y'all go eat something. Y'all look hungry. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested and my life began. Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. And my orphan heart was given a name my morning grew quiet my feet rose to dance when